I have inappropriateness <laughs> in my mind right now. I already know. This is a marriage podcast, so it's gonna have to do with sex. <laughs> uh, the problem is that in public situations, I am very uh, appropriate. Mm-hmm. Maybe not very, because sometimes you know things get fun. Yeah, you're so appropriate. Let me tell you. But since this <laughs> is a uh, marriage podcast, I think it's uh-huh. okay for me to ask you this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you going to miss intimate relations as a pregnant lady? <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> Ready now? The only component of pregnancy that I enjoy, really, because... The wait. only component? Well, okay. This so, is a big thing. It's a big deal. But I don't love being pregnant because of its limitations and all the things. It has nothing to do with the kids. I just, the process of pregnancy is not my favorite. However, intimate relations <laughs> during pregnancy. I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. <laughs> you know, it's a plus. It's a perk. Let's call it that. It's a perk of being pregnant. So. So. You, now that you are, put me on the spot. Are you going out with the bang? <laughs> oh my god. Cut. <laughs> Cut. Welcome to Marriage with the Mothers, a conversation to help marriages heal, grow, and stay strong. To stay connected and to submit topics, follow us on Instagram at Marriage with the Mothers or visit our website at jdmuller.com. Let's get started. Here's JD and Alini Muller. Oh God, I'm sorry I did that. I just wanted to, you know. Can someone be purple? Because I uh, think I just turned purple. See, this is a great conversation for radio. Mm-hmm. This uh, is podcast because yes, we don't have to show face. <laughs> I might not show face this Sunday. <laughs> we could cut it out and not publish it. Yeah, okay. But we're courageous people. Yeah. I actually want to know from our listeners if they have the same experience. Because this is not something that you talk about with people openly, right? You have to have a certain degree of intimacy. But I am curious. You guys can DM us on Marriage with the Millers if this is something that you experience. Um, If it's, you know. Universal. Universal. (laughs) I'm curious. I don't know. Okay. PG guys. PG and the DMs. Oh, have you checked those DMs? (laughs) (laughs) So, Lenny, what's going on? There's a lot going on this week. Well, our eldest has been sick. Yeah, she had influenza A. Yes, she had influenza A. And so it's been a long week. But we are preparing for the end of the school year. Kids yes. have all these projects yes, and graduations coming. So there's lots going on in our household. There's a lot going on everywhere, right? This is that fun season right before summer when you get the house ready for summer. And 4th of July is around the corner, Memorial Day. I don't know where you're listening from, but here in the Northeast, summer has been delayed. Yeah, I think summer is shy. Yeah, we just had our first warm weekend. It's late even for Connecticut standards. Yeah. We would get a weekend like this in April. Yeah. Well, let's get to our first segment because we have a very awesome episode today. I think uh, things are going to get warm Uh here too. Yeah. Uh, Before we get to the main topic though, let's talk about Tales, Tips, and Trends. Tales, tips, and trends. Well, this week we have a tale, honey. And I want to ask you a question, actually. A tale of two cities. What? How long do you think the world's longest marriage lasted? 70... That we have recorded, obviously. 78 years? The longest marriage ever was enjoyed... By Herbert Fisher, who was born in the U.S. of A. in 1905. And his lovely wife, Zelmyra Fisher, born also in the U.S. of A. in 1907. Hmm. Are they still These alive? These two lovely people 
I think she might be alive. He passed away okay. in 2011. But the couple had been married for 86 <gasps> years. Holy smokes. 290 days. Wow. As of 27th of February. And this is according to the Guinness World Records. Yes. 86? 86 years married. Jeez. They were African-American. So they stood the Great Depression, World War II, lived through the Civil Rights Movement, and eventually lived to witness the very first African-American president of the USA when Barack Obama was elected. And they received a commendation from the president in 2010. For being able to stand each other for that long? For being able what to stand for? each other for that long. It's funny. My oh my. That is a record right there. Yeah, they were from North Carolina. And they grew up together as best friends. And he was 18 when they got married. And she was 16. Wow. So they were... Babies. Sweethearts. Yeah. Babies got married. I mean, and you did early back then. Yeah. Wowza. Like. Yeah. I need to find these people. Talk to them. They actually try to interview them and ask for like a long lasting secret, right? What is your secret for a long lasting marriage? Yeah, so there ain't no secret. You're a That's exactly what they said. Is it? Yeah. Oh, there's no secret. If you're looking for a secret, there it, isn't Because if one. you're looking for a secret, you're looking for a cop-out. Like, you're looking for a little formula yeah. that makes it easy for you. And the reality is it's not. It's hard They work. said that they just made a point to make their relationship stronger each day. Yeah. That's it. Just work at it. Just each day, make it stronger. So... Do you think you can make it, honey? 86? Uh, I hope so. Can we so. beat them? I'm very competitive. I mean, I'm down. <laughs> you want to beat them? <laughs> I hope so. I want to. I mean, we got we did get married that young. I was 19. Hey. Hey, now. You don't want to tell them? No. This is a marriage podcast. I think you need to come clean. I robbed a cradle. Yes, you did. <laughs> you married a teenager. Stop it. You did. But that would mean we would have to live to, I was 20, so I would have to live to 106 to be able to get to 80. No. no. 86. Yes. Yeah, 86. 86. 106. So I'd have to live to 80. Yeah. To be 106 to get to 86. So, so all we need to do 107. If we both get to 107, we beat him. Dang, I need to eat better. Yes, we do. <laughs> but listen, you have a leg up on her because... She had five children. You had, you're you're gonna have four, but in three pregnancies, so that's less of a toll on your body. Yeah, I don't and know. ten grandchildren, nine great grandchildren, and one great great grandchild. They got to meet. Dang. That is amazing. That's legacy. That is legacy. So, let's move on to our next segment, which is our main topic of today's podcast. It is a doozy. It's come up a lot. It has come up. Multiple submissions. Yes, but even in life. Even in life. Through right? marriage and counseling. Yeah, and, that's true. And conversations. It always comes up. That is true. This is a question that will relate a lot more to our Christian listeners. Um, I do think that we have a good amount of Christian listeners since we're pastors. and But if you're not a Christian... Um, you probably have been exposed if, to this idea culturally. If you're not a Christian, it is a deterrent sometimes. Sometimes it could because be. Yeah. But it shouldn't it's be. It's misunderstood. Yeah. I'll grant you that. It's misunderstood. It shouldn't be. However, it, it has come up in circles of people who do not believe as well because what do you say about this? Yeah. Should we get to it? The suspense is killing me, said one listener this moment. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> what are your thoughts on submission? What does that look like? That mm. was a request from one of our listeners. And we've had multiple in some, some shape or form of this idea of submission in a marriage. Mm. And when people talk about submission in marriage is usually one-sided isn't it it's always one-sided it's the woman having to submit to the man that's what they're saying 
I have jokes that I will not share. Yeah, no, because those get me mad and um, this will not be a productive conversation. <laughs> Listen, uh, I'll have to put on my theology hat here for a little bit uh, to share this because we have to root this conversation on the foundation of this idea of submission, which is the Bible. It is a Christian foundation that, as Alini said, has been taken uh, way out of its principal target and objective, uh, just as many scriptures have been abused and used and misinterpreted and misused. Uh, this specific topic is a topic that I think has been misunderstood. I think it's still being abused. It's still being, it's still a problem. It's yeah. still misunderstood, um, which mm -hmm. is why, if I'm being 100% honest, did not want to have this conversation because I have not yet reconciled its form, its biblical form with its picture in 2022. So give me the raw Alini uh, mental pictures because I think a lot of women will identify with some of your hesitations and some of your critiques of the mentality that we're talking about. You're a woman. I'm a woman. And you have talked to women in the, the church realm and outside of it too, but specifically in church about this I think women get the short end of the stick in this in many ways I think men use this these passages there's a few to lord over um, when you I, say men what do you mean I mean a lot of leaders I mean within the church I mean there's a lot of men out there who are who are prideful Or, or have self, self issues like low self-esteem or have whatever they don't see themselves as enough. And so instead of actually handling their own issues, they put women down and make them take their place or whatever in name of the Bible, in the name of whatever, mm -hmm. instead of dealing with their own crap and don't live as though their wives were equal. Mm. Now... We're talking about this is this is a topic here for marriage, and it's I ha I have to separate the two worlds because if I'm being 100 honest, I don't deal with that at home. Like I've never had to deal with you um, lording over me. You are I, very opinionated. I paid her to say that. Yeah, no, you are very opinionated, and you're strong in your convictions, but have never forced me or used that. Today's topic is the same. I didn't want to talk about it. So, you know, like, <laughs> if I don't want to do it, if I'm not in, I'm not in. Like, I don't have, you know, like. Yeah. So it has been up to me in many ways within our home to decide how I was going to handle submission. But the picture I see out there is not the same. The picture I encounter many times with women, especially Christian women who want to follow the Lord who want to submit to the Lord, but they have these husbands who have pride issues, all yeah. personal issues, all kinds of, you know, bad pictures of themselves. Mm -hmm. And because they don't know... So do you think that... I don't want to cut you off, but do you think that they have... They compensate their own issues by using the authority of the scripture... To fill in the gaps of their own inadequacies. Yeah, because they're not, they don't mm. feel like enough. And maybe it's they don't even, it's not a problem, but they don't feel like they're enough. That's I don't know. They use scripture as a crutch to, and they pick verses. I mean, this is not the only verse, right? But yeah. they pick verses from the Bible to diminish their wives so they can feel that they have authority in their house. Or maybe they have wives. There's also the other, right? They have mm -hmm. wives who are n not submissive also. Like they have wives who are unwilling to bend in any direction, which is also not right. Okay, there, there has to be a bend on both directions. I don't want to get granular 
but I also don't want to I don't want us to be misunderstood when we say they or men or I uh, and these generalities can get very misconstrued. A lot of guys don't get to get this level of exposure to women's voices because there hasn't been a space for women to voice their frustrations and be open about it to the degree that, you know, it's in a healthy conversation. I'll say this, look around. Yeah. How many women do you see fulfilling their purpose in the church? It's simple. Wow. Just look around. How many women do you see? Do you think that there are only five speakers that are good out there? Are there are women excelling in the corporate world every day. Like I see it all the time. They're mm. teaching, they're flourishing, they are CEOs, they are all the things. Obviously, it's not equal yet, yeah. but it is growing and there's and you see it, but the same level of growth is not happening within the church. It's true. I, there's a funny hashtag that I... I forget what the hashtag was, but I, I, I never forgot this tweet because it, it was trending on Twitter years. This was years ago before we moved to Connecticut. It was this author from Canada that started the, 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 the thread. And one of the tweets was, you have a PhD in psychology and you're a woman? Great for children's ministry. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so ridiculous. I mean, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. The amount of authority that is imposed. Mm. And I think in the name of submission. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have pastors and leaders and people within the church teaching the men to be leaders in their house, which is not wrong. Of course. But there is a way. Well, leadership... Leadership. It's not, like Jesus said, it's not lording over people, servitude. but it's to serve them. Leadership is servitude. Yeah. And the equal service of one another. And yeah. submission in the right context is also that. So let me get to the actual passage of scripture. Mm-hmm. There are several, and I'm going to get to a few of them. But I want to actually read the passage of scriptures that, and you give me, you give me the sound by how women hear when this is read. Right, because mm-hmm. it's. I feel like if there's a non-Christian person listening, they're like, "What?" <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's not something that pop culture is completely unaware of, but it's something that could be misunderstood. Yeah, well, right? what they what they call it is the patriarchal society. Yeah. So, Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-two says, "Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife." even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, as is himself, its savior. We hear it as cringe. <laughs> well, you do because when it's read, it's not read with the, follow- with the follow-up context that comes with that passage. The passage is yeah. not read in its entirety. Well, and before too. Exactly. I've been in church long enough and I've read the scripture long enough to know what comes before and what comes after. Yeah. There's a picture, but people try to paint one stroke, right? Yeah. And so, cringe. Yeah, so let me give you the context in the within that passage. Ephesians 5 starts with Paul urging people to be imitators of God as beloved children. The context of this passage is to walk in love and to love as Christ has loved us and to give of ourselves as he has given of himself for us. And so he says... Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and don't get drunk with wine, and address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And then he says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Then he gets specific, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the, the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and his body as is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, also wives submit in everything yes. to their husbands. And then he continues. He says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies so let me rephrase the question wife how do you feel about submitting to a husband who's willing to die for you the picture is not 
wives submit to your husbands. The picture is submit to a person who is himself submitted to Christ and who in turn is willing to lay down his life for you because he submitted to Christ. It's a different picture. Yeah. Now, how many husbands do you find that are, you know, that are really genuinely mean that? Like, it's hard. How many wives do you find that genuinely mean their submission? It's a hard concept to live. Yeah. Also, I think the picture of submission in culture is wrong as well. Because yeah. I think we say we equate submission to only obedience. We equate submission to only obedience? Yes. We equate submission to do what I say. Well, I think that that's a great point. Like, define submission. Define submission. What is submission? I think that's that's a great place to start after uh, you have decompressed all of the emotions. <laughs> There's a lot of them. So... <laughs> You know, what is submission? I don't know. How would you define it? What is to submit? Uh, I think to submit is to present yourself as a way to serve the thing that you're submitting to. So if I am at a job and I am in the hierarchy of my company or my job, I have a director. I submit to that director. So I serve that director within the capacity that my role requires of me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I submit to the Lord within the capacity that my role requires of me, which in that case is with everything. And I also submit to my family. I submit to you. I submit to my daughters because I am presenting myself as a dad. So I, don't sub I might not submit to their will, but I submit to the fact that I am their father. Submit to the responsibility. To the responsibility to raise them. Mm -hmm. To be honoring. To say certain things in their presence that they can handle. And not say other things that is not appropriate for them. There's restraint in submission. But it's not... If you think, if you think of it... See, there's, there is a, there's an insidious, rebellious thought that arises immediately when you hear the word submission it's ill-defined and abused because yes because it's been misrepresented but submission is a necessary thing for harmony you cannot have harmony if you don't have submission period friends submit to each other every relationship involves submission otherwise you can't Coexist, yes, but there's. I think the difference is mutual submission as opposed. A hundred percent. Every treaty between countries involves submission. Every law-abiding citizen is submitting to the law of the land. The fights that we have right now culturally, they are fights of submission. And I understand that people don't want to submit because every generation has this spirit of rebellion that wants to rise against the generations that have passed. Part of it is pride, thinking, I know better. How dare you think I that know I don't more. know? Yeah, yeah, I know more. But part of it is that sense of, well, let's revisit this. Let's rethink. Let's wrestle with it. And that's not all bad. But well, because blind submission is, it is not great either. Yeah, you have to be convinced of the merit and the authority. And the point here that we can't, we can't just surpass is that for you to get to the point of marriage, for you to get to the point of giving of yourself to this person, that you've already made the choice to submit. If you walk into the altar to join yourself to this person for life, you've already submitted your singlehood. You submitted your whole self yeah, but to this process. Like, let's just take steps. What have you submitted? You have submitted living um, independent. Yeah. You have submitted um, making decisions by yourself. By yourself. You have submitted singlehood. You have submitted other partners. You have like, submitted sleeping by yourself. Yeah. You have submitted hopefully um, having the remote control. You have <laughs> submitted maybe there's an arrangement there. <laughs> Finances. Finance or should have, right? Yeah. We'll talk about that next week or some other week. Um you have submitted already. Yeah. So 
it's components of submissions that yeah. we have. You're going through a process of submission right now. You're submitting your body through the process of motherhood. This child who's trying to yeah. stretch me from the inside. Exactly. Out. <laughs> yes. I've submitted my will in many ways. Exactly. Yes. So we have to recognize what part of us that resists the idea of submission is genuine because the the context of submission is unhealthy or because we are just given to selfishness and we don't want to let go of the part of ourselves that we need to let go. I think if the submission is making you feel like you're in a box, if your partner, specifically within marriage, if your partner is caging you. Yeah. Because submission um, is a problem when you don't feel free. Hmm. Right? Yeah. You don't feel like you can be who you are meant to be. Yeah. Who you are. And that's when submission becomes a problem. Yeah. I have no problem submitting to a desire that you have if I don't care. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, you want to go have hamburgers? Yeah. And I don't care what we have for dinner. Sure, I'll submit. Yeah. Now, you want to go travel the world for a year on your own, uh-huh. you know, and leave me here with the kids. I care. Yeah. Right? I have a problem submitting to that desire. Yeah, I think, yeah, you can, yeah, there are several ways to contextualize it. But let me, let me put the theology hat back on because this is my yoke, to use a theological word used by Jesus. This is, this is the way that me as a pastor, as a leader, as a dad, as a husband, uh, interpret the scriptures uh, in the years that I've studied, learned, and experienced and lived the word. There's a few more scriptures that I want to share to contextualize that Ephesian scripture. In Colossians, Paul also writes chapter 3, verse 18. He says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. There's always a balancing act between the responsibility of the wife and the responsibility of the husband. Some of it is cultural, but we don't even have to pull the culture card. Because the scripture is clear and it serves us today. In 1 Peter, I love the way that Peter puts it because he gives, he gives us a window into the heart, the heart of God behind this, right? Let me give you verse 5 on chapter 3 of 1 Peter and just pick up from where he's starting to give a little bit more context here. He says, For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. This is what I like about this scripture. Obviously, he's talking about the women as the weaker vessel here. It's a physical thing. Because this was written in a period where power made might. People live by the power of the spear. People live by the power of the sword. So men went out to war. Yeah. And women were weaker. Yeah. Because physically... physically. Yeah, women are weaker. Now, we don't live in that context anymore. Yeah. But the principal thing in this passage here that we need to pay attention to is that he says, they are heirs with you of the grace of life. This is an incredible scripture for the time. What Peter is saying is, they are equally heirs with you. They have the same standing in God, even though they are weaker physically. When it comes to their standing, their value, God perceives them as equal. They are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. In other words, if you don't show honor, if you don't love her, if you don't care for her, your prayers will be hindered because you're not treating her as the valuable person that God has uh, here's the thing though treated her. i don't know if you grew up witnessing your, your father honoring your mother or in a different context or you're just an alien which is great 
for me. <laughs> but I look at many marriages and I talk to many wives and the husbands do not treat them as equal in many ways. And it depends I on... I think the same could be said about the way women treat men these days. Yeah. Because every, every show, every TV show, the husband is the dumb one. The husband doesn't know anything. The dad doesn't know anything. There's an, yeah, there's an equal devaluing of one another, The right? woman is the smart. She's the person that... She's the clever one. Yeah, she's the clever. She controls the house. She control, controls the husband. And the husband is just a dud. She's a, he's a dud. Yes, there are yeah. many shows like that, too. I do see that. Not just shows. Like, you see in, in relationships, that happens in real life. Yeah. And the root of that, though, is dishonoring. It is. It's lack of submission. So submission is actually a feature of love. Can you have love without submission? Can you have submission without love? Yeah, they're very intertwined. You have to ponder upon these things and actually give real thought. Because if you give real thought to it, submission is not something to fear. But if the conversation between you, you and your husband or you and your wife is, hey, I have the last word. Because look at what the Bible says. What you're doing is you are, I think you're practicing avoidance. And, and if you're a wife and you like that because you don't want to have to deal with the issues and you just want somebody else to take the fall, somebody else to make a decision, you're muting yourself. And if you're a husband and you like the power and you enjoy making the decision and you enjoy uh, the level of Maybe that's the only place you get to do that, right? Yeah, it's it might be unhealthy, right? Yeah. I I don't want to make assumptions, but typically, if that's the situation, it's not a healthy approach to longevity and to marriage because you're you're diminishing the capacity that your wife has to expand the experience of marriage and life itself. And I, you miss out on what the Bible says about her being your crown. That's what I mean. Right? Like, That's what I mean. Every time you make a decision for your wife without bringing it to the table, without wrestling with it together, uh, she's not making you better. And you're not making her better. There's no empowerment. There's no contention. And contending is an important, important element of marriage. You have to contend about difficult issues. You can't just come in and unilaterally make a decision about things that are important because you bear the 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 weight of it. I remember when we had to move to, to, to Stanford and I felt the word of God in my heart to leave Texas, to leave Houston, and to move to Stanford. And if you're a Christian and you live for God and you try to live in a spirit-filled life, this is... A common practice, right? Maybe you're not a Christian. You're going like, what? God told you to go to Connecticut? That's how we voice it. That's how we, we process it. And yes, God directed us to move to Connecticut. And I remember thinking, Lord, this is too big of a decision. I'm not going to impose this on my family. My wife can hear from you. She has a relationship with you. As a confirmation, I needed to inspire her too and to speak to her as well. So that we can make this decision together. I wasn't running for my responsibility. I wasn't like taking a step back from my manhood and my authority and my, my priestly office in my house. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I was doing. I was saying, God, if this is on me and on me alone and something happens down the, 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 the road that causes my wife to ask questions, she's going to come and ask me questions that I can't answer because you know all things. I need her to hear from you so that she can ask you questions. Guys, this never happened. With you. Let me tell you, it never <laughs> happened on year one, on year two, on year three, on four, on five, and six, or seven. It has never, <laughs> ever happened. <laughs> and what, what did that do? First, it enhanced our trust in God because we actually called upon God to be the authority in our house. And we were agreed on that element. So God is part of our marriage. We always rely on him. 
And he's not part of our marriage through me. He's part of our marriage because he's the point of unity between us. We submit to God. And it was something that actually unified us. And here's the thing. like I married a strong woman. I married a woman that had a sense of independence. That was actually part of what attracted me to her. You. She. She. (laughs) Um, And so as part of our marriage, this idea of contending and making decisions together uh, has always been embedded in it because I wanted somebody to build a life with, not somebody to follow me along as I build my own life, right? And so I don't know what context you live in. There might be some men listening that they want to be the man. They want to be the guy. And there might be some women listening uh, that they have never seen male leadership. And not only that, they have never witnessed a healthy model of a woman that stands on her own and submits. I know. Yeah. Have you seen a woman being able... You can do both. Yeah. You can be strong, ambitious, independent, and, you know, achiever and all those things and still be submissive. And still submit. Of course you can because submission is a feature of love. It has to be. If submission is a feature of fear, it doesn't work. No. It's not going to lead you to thrive. If submission is imposed, it doesn't work. It's not submission. Yeah. Sub- submission has to be voluntary. If it's imposed, it's not submission. Yeah. That's authoritar- authoritarianism. That's tyranny. Yeah. And I know those are strong words, but that's the lane. Listen, there's a lot more to talk about on this subject. I think the most important component of this subject yeah. is as a husband and wife to discuss it, to contend with it. You have to discuss it. You have to contend with it. To to um define it yes together yes not one person define it for the other but define it together and what does that mean what does that look like for us in our marriage with our personalities and i think there's so many women that are afraid of bringing up the subject because the way they was taught and framed to them they have two options submission or rebellion and they're both bad yeah and that's not it at all That's not the goal at all. And for the men listening, here's something for you to contend with in the scriptures. In Genesis 3, after the fall, when the serpent convinced Eve and Adam to eat of the fruit, in that allegory, in that picture, after the fall, after they realized they have sinned, after they were ashamed, after they hid from God, God told the woman that the consequence of her sin was, your desire shall be for your husband. And a lot of the submission idea is rooted in that. Well, God said, your desire shall be for your husband. God was speaking of the consequence of sin in her life. Why would you want to have that be the context of your marriage? Something that is rooted in sin. That wasn't God's design. God's design wasn't for for her desire to be for her husband. God's design was for her to be the helper. Remember? The counterpart. The thing that he didn't have. And helper in, in the original Hebrew is not the same meaning of helper that we know now, like a servant. Helper is the counterpart that is needed. The part that completes you. And so that is the context of marriage that God designed. She's your blind spot, right? She is your other. She is the thing that you were missing all along. Adam was lonely. He had God. He was lonely. He had nature. He was lonely. He had the world. He was lonely. Sin came and destroyed that. So... If you're trying to use Genesis 3 as a theological background to your authority, you're using sin as a theological background for your authority. You're not using God. So let's go before Genesis 3. Let's go to Genesis 2, Genesis 1, because that's what Jesus came to do. He came to restore us. And that's, I'm done preaching.
Yeah, baby. Because this podcast is not a preaching podcast. This is a marriage podcast. (laughs) (laughs) For that, you can go to Connect Community Podcast. (laughs) So I think that's sufficient for today. This is a little bit longer. We like to keep our podcast a little bit shorter in the 30-minute mark. Then stop asking us tough questions. But I think the time spent was needed. And if you have more questions about it in the future, we might revisit this topic uh, if you guys have uh, a desire to hear more about it. We can definitely keep going. I mean, I have another hour in me to talk about this, but because it's such a complex thing, right? Yeah, it's not an easy one-time conversation. Yeah, but I hope this was helpful. And thank you, honey, for being raw and and for being honest in the beginning there because I love you for it. All right. Well, it's time for our last segment of today. What is it, honey? You say it. Mm, Now let the song say it. Get ready. It's coming. segment folks what do the people want to know tell us honey what did the people want to know the people want to know why did you pick me and why did you pick me what was the yes what was the yes that is the person is that the question that's the question how do we end up picking each other that's a good question because i don't hear that a lot these days but when we were in youth ministry i used to hear that Quite often. Like, how do you know he's the one? Or how do you know she is the one? People just want a sign to fall from heaven. Yeah. That says, pick they, him. They want assurances. They want assurances. There are no assurances, folks. Okay, give it up. <laughs> <laughs> there are no assurances. Well, that's bleak. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. What do you mean, though? I think it's... There are a series of little yeses, things that point in the direction of that person. Yeah. And there are also, on the flip side of that, there are a series of no's, mm. red flags that people ignore. Red flags. Red flags that people ignore. So, when you have somebody that you are interested in and you feel like there's a potential there, Things are going well. When you're single and ready to mingle. Well, when you've been mingling, at least you know this person for a while. When you're trying to find a squeeze. Oh, God. Um, there's a series of, are you going in the same direction? That's a big question. If one of you wants to be a missionary and the other one wants to, you know, be in the corporate world building, you know, you're up the corporate ladder, it's not it's you're going in different directions Mm. right um you have to be going in the same direction you have to love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul all your mind for all you believers out there don't be missionary dating come on get it together it doesn't work yeah okay um it is very important to i'm still trying to save you (laughs) well you're you're doomed (laughs) (laughs) um It's very important to oh have the same beliefs. Let me let's get to the some of the yeses in the question there. Like yeah, because uh, I want to hear from you. Oh yeah, you what, just want to know. What were some of the yeses? Um, some of the yeses. I liked the way you saw life. I like the direction your life was going. My dashing good looks. Your dashing good looks. I like. I love the way you love the Lord. Mm. I thought when we talked about the future, we saw life at the, in the same manners. Yes. Stop being creepy. Um, 
you know, you made me laugh a lot. So there, there were many of like little yeses. There, we had a good time together. We were good friends. And here's the question: Are those yeses still consistent today? There are many more today. Wow, that is amazing. Who is this guy? Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> that's a no. <laughs> that no, but that's I mean, that's a great point. You grow. You that's work a at great it. point. First is we weren't mature in the sense that we had life experience under our belt to say yes we're ready for marriage uh because i don't think you ever get to that point where you're a hundred percent ready for marriage because when you've never been married you don't know and you're committing your life to somebody else it is a leap of faith 100 percent. it is a leap of faith and it should be a leap of faith but we knew enough at that point in our lives to know that we could not pretend that pretending to each other was a bad idea so i presented myself as i was like i wasn't trying to be somebody else for you and you were doing the same thing and that's why the yeses persist that's why i asked like to do any of them persist because you cannot pretend for 20 years <laughs> unless you're a psych psychopath Social psychopath or something yeah the other thing I will say is this. The people around you know you better than you think. Yeah. And if you're getting no's from them, if people are pointing out things or saying yes. like, please just listen. Yeah. You know, yeses come from those around you going, oh my gosh, you guys, like mm. you fit. Yeah. Like you fit. So many, you know, so you should be surrounded with people especially, that can speak to that as well. Especially the people who are outspoken and who are critical. I don't mean critical in a negative way. I mean like they give solid and, and good critique because yeah. we all have those people who not are the yes people agreeable and and maybe they're not yes people but they're high on agreeableness they're going to be the supportive friend right yeah yeah go for it amazing but if they have a red flag in their minds they go like i'm not gonna bring it up like it's not my place uh, but then you have those friends who are high on confrontation and they will tell you, hey, listen, this is what I think you should watch out for. Yeah. Um, and that's important. I, I am 100% for being analytical. And I don't want to use the word cold, but I'm going to say that. Like having a, if not cold, a very... Chilly? <laughs> <laughs> a chill perspective. A room temperature. <laughs> Uh, a very objective and unemotional analysis. So you are the pros and cons list. Of the relationship. When it comes to this big of a decision, 100%. Like try to step out of your body and try to see where this is going to go. Think about the fights, the disagreements. Think about the things that you think, uh, I could probably get over that. Can you really? As a matter of fact, Cause a fight just yeah. to see how it goes. Can you can you endure <laughs> that for ten years? Can you endure that for twenty years? Can you endure that for thirty years? Eighty six years. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Because so many people get in a relationship thinking, oh, they're gonna change later. So oh, no, don't do that. They don't change. Yeah, people. At least not those things that annoy you won't change. <laughs> people adjust. I do believe in. Uh, Obviously, redemption and transformation and freedom and all that. But the essence of who they are, it's already in there. Yeah, but it's either been warped by some ill experience or something that has broken them. And we've all been broken by something, right? So if you have a hope for healing, great. But the essence of the individual is already in there. And if you've gotten to the point of the relationship where you can see who the person is more than anybody else can see, that's where... It gets to, uh, you guys don't know him like I do. You don't know her like I do. That's when the contention can really get a little more, right? Yeah. I feel like we're getting off the topic of the question here, but uh, I think it's important for people to When I had to say all my yeses, where are your yeses? Oh my God. I mean, what are my yeses? You're so smart. You were funny kind you had a confidence about you and you still do but just in air like like you didn't you you weren't trying to impress but you carried yourself with 
respect. Um, smoking, amazing, Gosh. awesome. Like, Lord, hold me back because this is a holy podcast. Yeah, I know. There's so many yeses that. Yeah, I mean, moral of the story is it's not one yes. No. It's several little yeses. It's several yeses. That lead you to a yeah. leap of faith. But I do think that... You remember that walk on the beach? Mm-hmm. We went all the way to the end by the rocks. And we were talking about the future. Mm-hmm. I was still living in Brazil. You were still living in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And we were wondering, like, can this happen? And we made a decision. We were just walking on the beach... Um, hashing things out and talking about what it could be and committing to what it could be. I mean, it wasn't easy, the long distance part, man. People forget that like we dated long distance for how long? Like six months? I don't know. We cut that short though. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, done. <laughs> done with that. But it was, uh, it was a foundational part of our, of our, marriage yeah. in our dating life in a big in big, a big way phone bill that we could talk mm-hmm. about anything i think that was a big yes like we could talk about anything and conversation flowed and still does today as you can see you guys uh should see the yeah. b-rolls here i know we always have to cut so much from this podcast because we keep talking you guys don't know this i'm a chatterbox too you don't know that yeah people do know that <laughs> well honey i love you more than i did 20 years ago when we said our vows me too and i want to beat the record do you want to beat the record i'm just competitive i'll beat any record <laughs> i want to beat mr herbert and miss Zellmeyer fisher's record and be married to you for 87 years Jeez. and more Jeez. Do you think Elon Musk is going to have, uh, have bionic te- Tesla organs for us to buy? <laughs> I think we'll get some bionic organs for sure. No, he's actually not in favor of people living longer. Mm. So, Well, guys, it's been real. Yes, it's been great. Hey, let me remind you and ask you to help us. Help us get the word out. If this podcast helped you in any way, share put the word out send text messages put it on social media and help us get the word out so that we can help people don't you want to help people honey and submit questions yes participate marriage with the millers peace love you guys thank you for listening to marriage with the millers remember to subscribe and share to submit a topic for our next conversation, send us a message on Instagram or email us at marriagewiththemillers@connectcommunity.org. at connectcommunity.org.